on this episode of Resi Week, getting systems integrators to talk with architects, multi-room HVAC control with an app, and securing the residential network. All that and more next on Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 166, recorded Monday, April 8th, 2019. Secure the network. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlas IED, innovative audio solutions for every business environment. This is Resi Week, your weekly look at the residential AV industry. I am your host, Tim Albright, in for the vacationing, Mr. Matthew Scott, with us to discuss the news that we have gathered this week. First and foremost, his name is Jason Nutt, and he is with CE Pro. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, also with us is Bryce Nordstrand. Bryce is from uh, Access Networks. Welcome, sir. Hello. Good morning. And last but not least, a, a first-timer here, so uh, you two be nice to him. His name is Tom Devine from AV Pro. Welcome, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, so we're going to start the story uh, the stories this week. Actually, uh, something, an event that, that both Jason and Bryce attended. It was ASEAN's uh, membership uh, meeting in, uh, in beautiful uh, Florida uh, this past week. Uh, ASEAN grew, uh, membership grew 14.63% according to your station, uh, story, Jason in 2018 uh and you guys the, the asean specifically is, is emphasizing the uh relationships that the dealers should have with architects uh first two-part question here jason uh first give me an overall sense of, of the meeting which you, you did really well in, in the story but secondly the thinking behind the, the the drive towards architects yeah so just to clarify um the membership uh didn't grow by 14 percent, but the revenues of the members okay. grew Right, yeah, by 14 and a half. That was, that was me misreading that. Yeah, so um, they have, I believe, 208 members now. Um, so it's, I think, plateaued a little bit, but it's still a significant group from where it was for just started seven years ago. But overall, the group was very positive. You know, Bryce could, could can chime in here too. Um, although the conversation was structured into a, you know, what should we be doing to prepare if the market isn't going to be quite that hockey stick upward element that it has been for the last several years? So everybody was talking about operational efficiency and those sorts of things. And one of the key things was they believe to get these integrators engaged in these projects earlier, then uh, the way to do that is through the architectural community. So they uh, introduced some really um, very creative potential um, marketing pieces that could be used to target the architectural community. Um, they are asking kind of the members to pool together, get very targeted. I mean, these are very expensive pieces. Just as an example, one of them is a video, you know, like a, a VHX box, a VHS box like we used to rent at uh, Blockbuster. Imagine that but it's mailed directly to an architect and then he opens it up and a video sales letter starts from the dealer and there's a button on there that they press and it automatically calls the dealer's number. So very creative, very expensive, yeah. obviously. Um, so the, art, the dealers would have to have a very targeted and pristine architectural list to send this to, first of all. 
And then the manufacturers, in order to support it, would have to gauge how they can get uh, ROI on it. But that was just one of the creative ideas that you had that I thought was that was um, pretty targeted on how they could get to the architectural community. That, that, that is quite quite unique. Uh, real quickly, a uh, follow up to that, you, you said that they, one of the needs that they would have to actually pull this off is a good targeted list for architects. Did, did Azion talk about ways to go about that? I mean, obviously all of us, all four of us on this call have gotten solicitations from various lists. Uh, it, was there a good, you know, quality way to make sure that you're targeting the right people? Well, the, the default is gonna be the integrator's own list. So okay. the integrator is gonna target his, the particular architects in his community who he is not doing business with. And of course, when something's su super expensive from a direct mail stand standpoint, you're not gonna just wild willy-nilly send it out to you know every architect in some database. You're gonna have to have a very targeted list. So uh, the default mechanism there is the dealer's own list. And I think because of the cost, they're gonna be very narrow with it. Bryce, from the ma a manufacturer standpoint, and someone who's a member of, of ASEAN from the manufacturer side, what was your takeaway from from this event? Well, real quick on the the uh, you know pre preparation for the economic downturn that people are talking about, um, we're not hearing that from the dealers. We talked to a lot of the dealers at the event, and uh, they all say the pipeline is is full. That there's not. Uh, I mean, it's good to talk about it. I think it's good to prepare for it, but nobody really knows when it's going to happen, right? Unless there's some uh, major event that that causes it. Um, we're not seeing it from housing starts. We're not seeing it from the residential side uh, necessarily like we did kind of as the precursor in 08 uh, where you started seeing uh, construction slow down. Um, there's still a shortage of homes. So uh, we're not hearing that the pipeline that we're talking when we're talking to dealers are talking about their pipeline and it's still very full. Um, I think it's just a little bit people are a little bit apprehensive at this point knowing that we've been on this ride for a while and there's probably at some point going to be a, tur a turn. Um, and that just is what it is. So uh, as far as the architecture side, um, you know, one of the things that we had a, a conversation on the manufacturer meeting about, uh, and I don't think any of this is, is uh, you know, uh, NDA, NDA area was uh, how, you know, how do you talk to um, an architect where you gain their interest? Because you could send them a mailer and talk all about the automated home and, and all the great things that it does. But if it's one, if it's too technical, um, it might be over their head um, and not saying that architects don't understand a lot of things, but they live in their world and we live in ours. And uh, you can very easily start saying things that just don't make sense because they don't understand what those things are. Um, so the more was about content. How do you in that marketing material and, and reach out to the, the architect and AIA and the different um, entities that are, are there is making sure that the, the content's probably more of an educational uh, perspective, something where you're offering uh, more pinpoint type education on a single subject instead of hitting them with five, six subjects at one time in a marketing uh, brochure and having the ability to uh, really kind of hone in on one of those things, uh, you know, whether it be, um, you know, wellness or whether it be um, networking, you know, in our world um, or understanding video presentation, understanding audio through a home. Uh, you know, that was more of the conversation that we had uh, within the within the manufacturer meeting at the on the last day of the event. Is it something that we and it's a good point about making sure that you're your, your single subject education, right? Is it something from a marketing standpoint, though, that you would hit them? Not every day. Let's be honest. None of us want to have marketing piece every day, but you would hit them you know, in, in succession 
you know, maybe you educate them on, you know, um, aging in the home, right? And the next right. time you send something out, it would be smart home type. Yeah, thing. you got to have multiple touches. You can't send one thing and think that that's going to get their interest and they're going to call you up and, and, and make a deal. I mean, they, you know, obviously there's the old school lunch and learns and and I think what you're trying to do with, with that type of marketing material, and there was another uh, example that I'm not going to bring up because I think it's fairly specific to the company that, that showed it. Um, but it would be a, a, a way to, to um, touch somebody seven, eight, nine, ten times. And then that last time you send that piece that, that Jason was talking about, that video piece that just really kind of reels it all together and gets them to hit the button that says, you know, call the integrator and, uh, and, and have that conversation. Right. Tom, uh, overarching question here, groups like ASEAN, what are the benefits of, of belonging to them, both from a manufacturer standpoint, as well as the, the, the dealers? Well, I mean, it definitely puts the power to the people. And that's a, that's really nice, you know, buy, buying groups in general, clearly, um, you get to work on these big ideas and work with other companies. And then, you know, having a AV Pro be a part of the groups that we are, you know, it's definitely expanded our business. Um, I think it's really cool um, talking beyond that of, you know, putting together the architect and the audio video specialist in the way that they understand that they are putting together this home, but as more and more companies um, start working as like as soon as possible on that building process, we're going to be able to put together way better systems. So let's say, you know, these are the initial talks right now and we're talking about how can we connect to these archetype or, you know, these architects, which is great, but I, you know, I'm really excited for a future where we are talking to these architects and they are putting together, um, you know, IT along with AV, along with everything else in their pre-builds and their pre-drafts um, to see that what kind of rooms and what kind of, uh, you know, shortcuts that we can have in the building process to make the installation easier. Uh, it's a pretty cool future. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, completely shameless plug. Um, we actually started an architect show uh, this month in April. The first episode will post the day after this, this episode of Resi Week posts. Um, Very cool. And here's the thing, this, this, this talk of, of connecting with architects, I've been hearing for over a year now from various dealers, a couple of our manufacturing uh, partners here at Aviation have also been talking about it. So we reached out to a number of architects or a couple that have, you know, CTSs and CTSDs in house. Uh, so that's what we're doing is we're, we're bringing architects as well as some of those technologists together on uh, the first episode lands, lands this Thursday. So we'll see how that goes as well. So, uh, all right. It, it would be interesting to see if some of the architects actually start hiring on AV professionals to, to be, you know, outside of like a Crestron or something like that, but just a guy who's been in the industry for a long time and comes in and is the consultant, internal consultant for those technologies within that company. That would be a, probably a relatively bold move for some of the architecture firms out there. There's a, there's a gentleman uh, by the name of Brad Colt that I, I, I met a number of years ago. He works for HGA uh, out, of, out of their Minnesota office, and he's worked with them for, for quite a few years. He is, you know, their AV, their in-house, and he's actually part of a team. There's three or four of them that that's what they do, right? And so now HGA does, doesn't do residential necessarily. They're, they're more commercial and, and larger venues. Um, but I would be interested to, to reach out and, and start a conversation with some of the residential architects and see if any of those have started do, doing the same thing. Yeah. All right, uh, next story here comes to us uh, from Residential Systems. HyperSense uh, are designers and manufacturers of a quote unquote patent pending smart climate solution that delivers balanced comfort throughout any space. Here's the short version of this. It's, it's a combination of app and devices that lets you get 
multi-HVAC unit comfort in each room with one unit. Um, and, and as somebody who, you know, you, you, I, I, you know, I live with, you know, uh, three other people, you know, my wife and two kids and all of us have different temperaments and, and want different temperatures. I'm certain that, that all of our offices have the exact same thing. This is, this is an interesting and unique solution. Bryce, uh, from your standpoint, does this thing have, have legs to, to go anywhere as far as both residential and maybe even like commercial? Well, I, I mean, I deal with the same issue you do. I mean, I'm, I'm, I work from home most of the time. My wife sits in the same office as me, and we're basically uh, yelling at each other all day long about how hot or how cold it is, <laughs> you know? So uh, if, if I had a room in the house where I could say this is Bryce's room and it's 65 degrees in there and it keeps me awake and she can have one in the room house that's 75, uh, my, my, I, you know, I'm kind of wondering how that uh, system works off of a single HVAC unit and then you obviously you start running into the next question I would have would be um, how does it work in homes that have two units how does it work in homes that have three units you know you have an upstairs downstairs do they do those systems collide with each other um, I think it's it's a you know it's how do you sell a lot of things you you market it to the common man right you market it to the to the middle of the group and uh, most people have one HVAC system in their house and I think it's got a lot of legs for that scenario where where you've got, um, you know, either a room that's always too hot or a room that's always too cold, and you can try and equalize that out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, the performance side of it. If the HVAC system actually runs more because it's trying to make up for the deficit in one room and closing the vents down in another, um, that would be interesting to see if it actually runs more often than it would if it was just doing its thing based on one thermostat location. Yeah. So I, I think it has I think it has legs. I think there's a it's it's very interesting. I looked at the website. Um, I'm interested in the, in it to see you know how it performs or, or what the what the caveats are when using a system like that. So. Yeah, absolutely. Tom, I got a question from your standpoint. Whether it's it's you at your at your home or talking to your dealers, is this something that that has has a potential? Well, I would say yes, for sure. I mean, right. It's the answer to the question that every employee has ever complained about in an office and every person that has ever lived, like you said, with multiple people. Um, it, but is it too good to be true, right? I mean, is this thing going to be uh, work as well as we would want it to? Or like Bryce said, is, is your, um, are your units going to be running all the time now because you're concentrating on one or two rooms above other rooms? Uh, it, but in, if, if it is just like what I have learned through that article and uh, checking out their website, I mean, this is like a dream come true, right? Um, it just seems like you'd, I, I definitely would want to be in an environment and see this, this see this sucker work because uh, it, this is, if, if it works like it says it works, then I think this thing has beyond legs. I mean, these guys are going to be very, very successful and we'll see a lot of companies coming out with exact, you know, trying to be copycats of this. If, if this is the way I'm, um, like Bryce said, a, a single unit system, that is the market to go after, right? Because I mean, right, millions and millions and millions of homes have a single unit system. Um, and if you're successful there, I'm sure that they would have the, you know, uh, the capital to go after software engineers to work with a two P system or two or three unit system for different levels and, um, you know, expand all the way up to commercial units or whatever else. Um, I, so yeah, I would definitely say it has legs and I, th I think it's a, it's a great idea. I think it solves, it's a solution for a problem that people have had for, since the beginning of air conditioning. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Tim, there was a previous company called EcoVent that was out, uh, 
probably two years ago with a similar concept. And I know uh, Bob Fields, who's working with HyperSense, um, actually worked with Ecovent also. And I think they've learned the, the lessons that Ecovent made in terms of their channel strategy was a lot of the failings as to why that company, which was uh, venture capital funded, uh, didn't make it. So I, I, I'm also optimistic about this. I live in a house that's built in 1875 where the thermostat says it's 70. The only place it's 70 is standing right in front of that thermostat. <laughs> well, wellness is a huge topic right now across the industry, across our industry. Wellness is something that, uh, you know, lighting control and, and, um, and being able to control the light temperature and uh, when, what type of light you, you are exposed to throughout the day. And, and HVAC is a big, you know, air conditioning, heating, it's a big portion of that. Staying comfortable and having not having wild temperature swings it can have a lot to do with wellness as well. So, I think it's a it's a great topic. It's you know the more and more we're connected to devices and sitting in front of computers all day in our homes, the the more comfortable the climate has to be to to be able to not be you know in a place of stress when you're when you're working from home or when you're sitting in front of a computer. So, it's a, it's an interesting topic. Uh, I'm interested to see where it goes. I think the new term in the building community where it was just green homes is now, uh, to Bryce's point, healthy homes is now the new term that the building community is using. So you're right. Absolutely. All right, gentlemen, uh, last story here comes to us from ResTech today talking about, uh, honestly, network security, cyber hacks, and the, uh, the uh, liability that some uh, dealers may face when it comes to putting these things in. Uh, the gentleman that wrote this, uh, Jay Basin, writes about uh, two or three overarching themes, but I want to hit, hit on two, and Tom, we'll start with you on this. One is about the, the, the dying or the, the, the less uh, market saturation of smart hubs. And one of the things he, he points out here is the devices like Z-Wave and, and Zigbee have an advantage that they aren't exposed to the homeowner's network because they are behind the smart hub and getting rid of those smart hubs actually is, is would be a detriment to the, the safety and the security of the network itself. Then he goes into the liability. And, and this is something that we've talked about on AV Week. We've talked about on several of our, our podcasts and, and really smart people have, have delved into this. Uh, people that have looked at this both from a, a legal standpoint as well as the integration standpoint. Where does the system integrator stand when it comes to making sure that, that what they put in is as network secure as possible? Well, I would say it, it, it is of the utmost importance, right? Um, the, the homeowner is coming in as a, as a layman, you know, they're, they're buying a service that, uh, you know, and they're buying a, um, they're like, I, they are buying a full service, right? They're not just buying the products. They're not just buying the installation. And, and so, you know, you, I, th I think it is on an integrator to at least take the steps that he is able to take to ensure that the, the system is safe. Um, you know, there is going to be as, as everything is now connected and we're getting more and more connectivity throughout all of our products, um, through between, like we just talked about with HVAC and, um, you know, having the architect put together a system with AV in mind and you put all this together, well then in turn, it comes together as a whole system and the AV system needs to be just as secure as the IT system is just as secure as any other, any other, anything that's coming together. You know, when you're blending all those together into one system, then I, I think that, you know, it is on the integrator to ensure that it is secure, but also, you know, 
the integrator has to continue to do installations and it's not like we can not try to connect these products because of we're afraid of security risks. Um, you know, it, the work has to continue and I think the integrator just has to take all the steps they are able to take um, and, and, and they should be covered. Right. Mr. Knott, uh, you've covered this a lot as well over the, over the last few years. Where do you come down and, and what have you discovered in, in your reporting? Well, the two things I'll point to from the light, from the liability standpoint is one, um, and again, Bryce is the expert in terms of talking about network uh, stuff here. So we want to get to him as quick as possible. But the CTA cybersecurity checklist that CTA created, which is a 17-point checklist that integrators and their technicians should use and not only use to guide their technicians through protecting uh, the home as, as much as they possibly can from, a cyber, from cyber hacks, but also it's a sales tool to show the customer, hey, here are the 17 things we are taking, the 17 steps that we as an integrator are taking to secure your network. And the odds are that most other integrators who are coming to the project are not doing that. Second, I'm not sure where the limitation of liability clause that integrators have in their, con their contracts protects them, but we all know where it stands on the security industry, that there is a limitation of liability clause in a security contract that um, limits the amount of liability that the integrator has for fire damage, theft, burglary, you know, well, all these dastardly things that can happen um, around a security system. So every integrator should have a limitation of liability clause in his contract uh, um, when he's presenting to a homeowner. And I'm assuming that that is going to carry over to their network security also. But again, I want to hear what Bryce has to say on this. <laughs> so <clears throat> this is a much bigger um, topic than just cybersecurity for, for us. Um, there is, I mean, I agree with a lot of these things as far as having a limit of liability and, and having a uh, place where you can go to the, to the client and say, you sign this and you understand that all of these things I'm not responsible for any longer. Um, obviously, you don't want to say a bunch of things that, that aren't true, like you should be responsible for. Um, but the, the, when we look at this from our point of view, um, you start talking about managed service providers and the cybersecurity is a portion of being a managed service provider. There is other things that go along with that, whether it be maintenance, monitoring, um, you know, service calls, all these things that could be included in that managed services program. And really what it comes down to when you start introducing a system like that or a solution like that to a client and trying to get them to sign the dotted line on what you aren't liable for, but also what you do want to continue to take care of for them uh, is documentation. And that documentation is extremely crucial. It has to be done by state and sometimes even city. Um, so if you're working in a specific area, you know, the, the laws in California where I live are totally different than they are in, in other states. Uh, we are held to a, probably a different standard than somebody in, say, Nebraska or Texas. Um, and it's b because of the climate in the state, right? So you have to be able to um, have that documentation prepared and, and make sure that you're, you're constantly following up on what that documentation is. The problem with a lot of integration companies is they're not big enough to go get that done. So you've got to get some other entities involved. The CTA is a good one. Uh, HTA is a good one. CDA is a good one. The buying groups are good. All of these, these um, organizations that have a lot more financial power um, to get these kind of documents completed. And if you look at the alarm industry, that's something they're very good at. 
they're very good at creating documentation that protects the alarm security professional. I mean, that's something that they've done for years and years and years and years. And it's not one guy sitting at home typing out a contract and then handing it to his lawyer and saying, hey, look this over. There's a whole group of these people that have you know, the entities behind them that create that documentation that help them across, across all 50 states. And without something like that, it's going to be very difficult to create a system within the integration organization that um, actually has that same kind of clout. And where that comes, what, what that also does is start to create legitimization of the industry. So now you've got all this documentation, you've got all these things that go hand in hand, and you can present that to the homeowner and they look at all that and they say, okay, wow, these guys really have their stuff together. And they're hearing it from everybody they talk to. If they hear it from every integration company that they interview, that they talk to about a project, and then they don't hear it from one guy, okay, that's the guy that's not, you're not going to do business with. So it legitimizes things across the board. Um, On the cybersecurity side, you've got to have a human error clause. You've got to have a way out if the homeowner clicks on something. I mean, you, you can't stop somebody who, gain, who gives somebody access to their home. Like if I have all the cybersecurity in the world and I allow somebody into my house with a laptop and they plug into a switch, I mean, there's levels of security that you can get to that you would protect yourself from that. But if that happens in a home, we've created enough convenience where that's probably not going to get blocked. Um, they're going to have access to everything on a, in that house or in that particular VLAN if they're connected on a certain port. So you have to have documentation that shows that you um, are you care about them, <laughs> but that you have to have a way out. You have to be able to say this, if this happens, if you click on an email, a phishing email, and you send a guy in you know whatever country overseas a million dollars from your bank account because you thought it was your 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 CFO at your company, that's not on me, the integrator. I'm not responsible for that million dollars. So it's a huge topic and it's something that we need. It, it needs to be bigger than just one or two integration companies. It needs to be a, a, a problem solved by the entities within the industry. Well, it, it's, it goes back to the, you, you mentioned alarm companies earlier, you know, you can have 15 locks on your, on your front door, but if you give somebody the key to that lock, then, you know, the, the lock company is not responsible because you gave them the keys. Um, Bryce, real quickly, as, as we wrap up here, is this something then, first of all, do you guys have access networks? Do you have a baseline? Understand that you, you're, you guys have got offices in California, but also in, in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a baseline that you give your customers and, and your dealers say, look, you know what, here's some best practices. This is probably your bare minimum. And then layer on top of that, your, your local state, you know, city uh, requirements or is it something where you're just talking to them on an individual basis? No, it's individual basis at this point. It's something that we've been, we've been investing in uh, time and, and effort and money into uh, with a particular um, law firm that is nationwide. So the fact that we have a law firm that's nationwide that we can have them review documents. Uh, it's not something that we give somebody at this point in time that we give them a baseline document that, that allows them to go out and do this. We, we inform them through our dealer agreement and through um, other means that they need to they need to work on getting these things done w- within their local laws um, and have the documentation and, and there's some integrators that have you know a fairly good limited release of liability that that kind of protects them from anything that happens outside of the outside of their control um, and 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 sometimes that will 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 help but if you're out so right now we've introduced 24 seven, 365 um, updates on firewall security with our newer systems. And 
it, it opens up an whole other thing. Like we're saying we're doing this. Now we have to be able to back that up. And, and there's a, the manufacturer of that firewall has documentation that we can provide to the dealer so that they can take that. And it's, but it's not anything that's like a sign on the dotted line. That's something that they need to wrap into integration companies need to wrap into the rest of their, their systems and their processes. Um, it's a very big topic. It's a, it's something that, um, that us, you know, access networks as a company is fairly passionate about, about making sure that guys are, are securing their, their, their clients properly. Um, but there's also the, you know, just as an example, you could secure the crap out of the house from a cyber uh, threat perspective and then the client calls you and says I can't do this and well you could say well we have you know tight security that's why you can't do that it's inconvenient and the homeowners well, I want that turned off okay you turn that off and then the next day they're like hey I got hacked <laughs> you know it, it could be it could be that kind of scenario so it's a, it's a very um, big topic and, and we're talking to a lot of people right now about it and trying to figure out what the best path forward is, but it, it's not going to be one integration company that figures it out. It's going to have to be a community that figures it out. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, that'll do it for, uh, for this episode. Uh, thank you all so, for, so much for joining us. Uh, Mr. Jason Knott from CE Pro, uh, where do people find you or uh, CE Pro? Obviously they can go to cepro.com and they can follow me on Twitter at, at Jason W. Knott. All right, very good. Mr. Bryce, thank you, sir, as always. Uh, how do people find you or uh, Access Networks? Uh, just go to accessca.com and uh, click on the contact sales link and you'll get me or one of my cohorts. All right, very good. And Mr. Tom Devine, thank you, sir, for joining us. Uh, where do people find you or AV Pro Edge? Well, thanks for having me, Tim. And you can find me at avproedge.com. Um, you know, you can contact there or AV Pro Edge on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, anything. All right. Very good. Uh, my name is Tim Albright. I don't look like, nor do I sound like Matt Scott. He is the normal host of this um, because he's the residential systems integrator. Uh, but for AV Nation, uh, you can go by the website, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. Uh, I mentioned the new architect show that we have coming down the way actually this Thursday. We also have two other brand new ones. One's dealing with digital signage, uh, digital signage digest uh, hosted by Lenore Elaine. And another one uh, as we talk to uh, um, CEOs and executives and how they get stuff done. So check all that out and more at avnation.tv. avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for Resi Week.